Hey, bookworms, this is Megan coming at you with another Cantina conversation. Today's episode features a chat with author Lindsay Lovis talking about her upcoming book, Never Blow a Kiss, that comes out on January 23rd. I really enjoyed this chat with Lindsay. She's so sweet and um, just so insightful about what she kind of notices uh, of certain genres, because when I asked her what draws her to romance, um, and she had some insightful stuff to share that I wasn't really expecting. But either way, I devoured this book. It's a fantastic read, and I definitely recommend it um, you know, to anyone, but especially for those who uh, are suckers for romance. Um, but either way, I'll let you guys get to it. Here is Lindsay. Today, we've got Lindsay Lovis. We're talking about Never Blow a Kiss that comes out on January 23rd. Thank you for joining me today. I devoured this book. I loved it so much. Um, thank um, you. It's, yeah, it was uh, adorable and sexy and charming and entertaining. And I'm I'm excited to to dig a little bit deeper today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so can you give like a little, you know, spoiler free summary of the book so that listeners can follow along with the conversation? Sure. So Never Blow a Kiss is a historical romance. It is takes place in 1838. So it's the Queen Victoria's reign. Uh, so it's most a lot of historical fiction is Regency. This is just a tiny bit outside of the Victorian. And in it, it is about a woman named Emily. She is a former thief and she is trying to get a better life for herself by becoming a governess. And she is recruited by someone who we only know as the Dove. And the Dove is setting up a network of governesses in ton families to spy on the ton to hold them accountable for their crimes because they're so wealthy and powerful they get away with murder and she says literally sometimes um and so she used collects that information from the governesses and she delivers it to the police to help hold the town accountable he is recruited and she is sent to a family in london and that is where she ends up meeting our hero zachariah denholm who is hunting for a serial killer so yeah, yeah. uh i loved it um it's very intriguing. And I obviously I, I definitely developed a crush on Zach, but I'm sure that was the point. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> um, it was really funny because I was reading the book. I was like um, at a restaurant, like just enjoying some me time. And I was reading a book and it was the book. Um I had it up at the bar with me and the bartender was like, what are you reading? <laughs> she was like, and I was like, well, so I just started it and I just, I described it. She was like, oh my God, that sounds great. I was like, well, okay, sorry. It doesn't come out for like another month. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but I, she was intrigued when I said, um, it was just like the basis, like, yeah, this, uh, it's set in Regency area era and this, uh, woman <laughs> like, oh, like she was, and I was like, that is like, it's a perfect, like little teaser. And, and that's what got me interested too right off the bat so yeah like we'll 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 get into it of course so this is like your debut novel yes yes oh my gosh congratulations so exciting um thank you i'm so excited yeah i was checking out your um your website and all that stuff and so i kind of wanted i just noticed that like you know you you're working on a couple things so i kind of want like yes. just go into your background and maybe what brought you to um just release Never Blow a Kiss to the world? Sure, yeah. So um, I have been writing, I think a lot of writers have this story, but I have been writing for a long time. And I had this Never Blow a Kiss was actually my ninth full book that I had written. And I had been querying agents for a long time, like a decade. 
I was getting rejected a lot, like a lot of authors do. And I ended up finding my agent and we went on submission with Never Blow a Kiss and it sold, which is really exciting to forever. Um, and there's three books that I sold to them. So they're going to be three different governesses stories. Um, and so, yeah, I was so excited to, <laughs> to be able to kind of slowly build what's going on over the course of several books. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, I love that. But I'm also like, no, I want more Emily and Zach's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, so my husband has never read a romance before until this book. And so he sat down and read it. And when I finished, he was like, well, are you going to write the next book about Emily and Zach? He's like, are you going to write more about them? And I said, no, that the next book isn't about them. And he was like, but I want to know more. So yeah. nice that you said that. <laughs> That's adorable that um, you were like, your work was his kind of little, little uh, gateway, gateway book into yeah. that, into the genre. Gateway to romance. Yeah. 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 Cause I don't know. I, once I realized like the more books I read, I'm like, no, we all, so many readers are suckers for those tropes, right? We love the moments, the slow burn and, and, you know, the moments like their firsts and all that. And um, no, I, I was, and it was just like, it was so funny because when I started getting into it, I was like, oh my God, this is adorable. And like, this is so cute and interesting. And then uh, when someone like the, you know, Zach was making it clear, you know, that he was interested in the things that he wanted to do with Emily. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Not so sweet anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like, but he's you, yeah, he or he or you, you know, you still found a way to make him like so, like sweet and endearing. At like, oh gosh, I just could listen to him talk all day. Like, what? Oh, thank you. I love to hear that. I'm glad that you liked him. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of hopping off of that. So historical romance, what drugs <laughs> romance or just romance? Because I think something else that you're working on also is like more paranormal, right? When I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like what draws you into either, or you could talk about both genres or just romance in general. Sure. So I absolutely love romance. I have been, so I'm actually visiting um, my mom for the holidays and behind me are her bookshelves. Oh, and, nice. And they're all romance. They're all oh romance. God. And so I used to like, yeah. <laughs> so I used to like, I, there's even more, there's like so many shelves in here. Um, so I used to borrow them when I was younger, like reading with my light on. And then when I would hear her come upstairs, I would like quickly shut off the light. So I love romance for so many reasons, because you know, you're going to get a happy ending. Like for me personally, life is so stressful. Um, and so when I read, I read for pleasure for most of the mm -hmm. time or because like I'm interested in it. Um, and so I love romance because I know I'm going to get a happy ending and I know that I'm going to get women who are listened to and who are respected for the most part, you know, um, most romances, I should say. And as for historical, I've been reading historical for a long time too. And I think they're fun in a way because it's you're talking about a world that not a lot of people got to live in even then or now but like this glamorous mm. world balls yeah. it's kind of like like why people like billionaire romance is like i'm never gonna get to go back into the 18th century and go to like a fancy ball you know yeah right but i can read about <laughs> it <laughs> yeah so i love historical for that and then i um i also have another book coming out in september which is a paranormal romance about three sisters who live on an apple farm in Maine and they are not quite witches. And I just love all subgenres of romance, whether it's paranormal or historical, contemporary. I love You're not alone. I, I, I love it too. <laughs> I was just gonna ask you, so are you a big romance reader? 
So for a long time, I was just like really into like the thrillers or sci-fi a little bit and maybe a little fantasy, like stories with like, even, you know, you can get those with heavy romantic, you know, uh, plot lines in that. So I like those. I, I learned that I more favor stuff that's not just romance, like women's fiction. Like, yeah, that's a thing. And it's kind of teeters on romance. But like, I like when there's a when romance isn't like the the whole thing or at least when it's disguised enough where not disguised enough well when there's enough going on where i won't get bored of just like oh is every other scene just like the longing or the pining or the the innuendos you know so i don't get me wrong like i love that too like but but if i'm gonna spend my time reading a book like reading 300 pages or whatever i would like a little bit a little bit more um you like the subplot Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I really appreciated how like Emily, she had she was going through it and she was trying her best. And she was like she was trying her best to like keep her past hidden and keep her, you know, previous arrangements hidden. Um, and uh then also she was tasked with this new project, right? So it was like see so she she had a bit to deal with and Zach was just like, Oh, uh, you know, wanna go for a walk with me? Or hey, how did you learn how to do that? <laughs> She's like, and she can't turn them, you know, she can't turn them away or she tries. She makes uh, some attempts and um, he's just not phased. That's why I like, I just, I love that about, I like, I don't know. He was perfect almost in every way. I know I could say that, but it's like he, every time like, she, she wasn't throwing him. <laughs> she tried to throw him for a loop. He wasn't phased. She tried to steer him away. He didn't, he was like, the jig is up okay <laughs> like he knew he knew what you know i and i love that about him i think um one thing that he reminded me of i've I've heard of the term like golden retriever boyfriend or golden retriever main character but i'm thinking i'm like well he's still got that like soldier slash like uh cop side of him and he's also not like completely innocent obviously like he's not afraid to go there and right. so i'm like oh german shepherd boyfriend that's what <laughs> A German Shepherd. I like that. That's I where my brain up. went. I was like, you know, Golden Retriever adjacent. Like, what would that mean? I had called him, like, I think I had not tweeted, but threaded once. I had called him a dangerous cinnamon roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because cinnamon roll characters are like sweet, you know, and I feel like he's sweet, but also he's, like you said, like, He's a little German shepherdy in that, like, yeah, he's not a pushover. He has his own, like, kind of violent past, too. Yeah, and he's, but, you know, um, Emily, she's able to distinguish that. She's able to just be like, well, no, I'm not afraid of him. Like, I could see what he's capable of, but she's like, I, if anything, I feel safe with him, you know? Right. yeah. Which then I'm just like, yes, Emily, stop pushing him away. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) yeah you could like call it you know yeah i can see that but also she pushes him away because she cares for him and she knows that the secret that she's hiding could be harmful to him so it's almost like a a self-sacrificing thing exactly and then but the whole time he's like why are you doing this why why are you telling me why are you lying to me like (laughs) what he's just so real with her and that's like so refreshing instead of just being like i'm not i'm not doing this he's just like no like obviously there's more to it he's like i you know and that's that's adorable and and so meaningful and heartwarming could be heartbreaking at the same time right because she's just like 
trust me, it's for your own good. And as a reader, I'm like, yeah, dude, there's a bit more here than what you know. Like, but and but I'm also like, no, it's okay. It's okay. He's perfect. He he'll understand. He'll forget. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Uh, kind of tapping off of that. So like, what? How was that? Because like, you you kind of like switch POVs between the two of them. Because obviously, like, they're our main characters. Yeah. We want the reader to kind of like understand his point of view too. So, what were like, you know, how did you approach that? Was that always kind of like the plan, or you know, was it challenging trying to figure out different genders, point of view, things like that? So I do like to write in dual POV. I like to write um and from the heroine's point of view and then the hero's point of view or the two main characters point of views um because it gives you kind of different perspective and different insight into what's going on so it's like a little bit of clues for the reader that the other person isn't getting uh and i enjoy that as a reader i like to see so i you know i do like first person book I, i'll read almost anything i'll be honest but um i do <laughs> enjoy the the dual points of view and it's fun because you also as an author get to look at what's going on through a different lens and I think that is kind of interesting too for the writing process because even sometimes when you're writing you're like oh this is what he you know is thinking you know or lets you reflect back on what maybe she was just doing and so I don't know I think it's really fun and interesting to kind of insert yourself into those different points of view of the story and I enjoy doing that and I like reading books like that too because it gives me a more comprehensive view of the story line. So. Yeah, it's also kind of like sneaky ways to like, like, you know, how one character is acting, but then like, how, sh how you know, for example, how <laughs> one of my, I don't know, one of my favorite scenes was how uh, she was wearing this ridiculous dress to kind of turn him off. And she was saying all these things was like, what, we're getting married, right? Like, <laughs> she, she was just saying all these things to try to like throw him off and act a certain way so that, you know, she, she would become <laughs> uninterested. And she sees him and he's just like not phased at all. And it's kind of fun, like going on the on Zach's side and kind of like hearing his thoughts after the fact. Like, you know, I don't know why she was like saying these things. And, you know, he's like and things like that, like little commentary. Like I, I just found that like it's a good it's a good sneaky way to get to get readers curious and then to like feed them that. Right. So yeah. Cool. And it's fun, like sometimes we'll I'll overlap, like instead of progressing the story, I'll kind of overlap and have the same. You can see what he was thinking a little bit throughout it. And that's fun, too. Yeah. And it's fun to write that, too, to see it from yeah. his point of view. <laughs> you know, I could just. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I could just I read a whole trilogy about them and their escapades. It was Do you like historical um, romance? I do. I do. I above sucker. I I found that the more historical fiction I read, um, for example, I enjoy it. Like, mm -hmm. um, I just I think it's like fascinating the different stories that people can tell uh, based on any just any imagined role in any significant event in history. You know, I've yeah. used examples. I've used examples of like so many stories to tell regarding World War II, whether you were on U.S. side, Europe side, depending on which side you were on. There's like everyone's experiences were different and you mm -hmm. can there's just so many ways to tell one experience right so i found it like fascinating and it, and it makes me feel a little bit smarter too when i'm done so i'm like <laughs> and i always love a book that makes me feel smarter um so yeah historical <laughs> fiction i've definitely gotten into and then i think yours is one of like maybe the first like historical rom because it was like 
more heavy on the romance part like other historical films i've read have had yeah that like element to it but not like have it be such like an integral part and so right i think that that helps me um you know kind of steers me more towards the historical romance part versus just yeah historical fiction i've just like started i think it's a kind of a new subgenre anyway right it's kind of it hasn't been around for a long time i don't think unless you know You go back um and be like, could some of these old works be considered historical romance? You know what I mean? the historical romance i think has been around a long time like the regency romances um like Yeah. all the way back to like georgia air and all of those but i think I mean, you would it know, goes right? I'm sure you've done your your research. <laughs> cycles though which might be what you're seeing it's like it kind of cycles in popularity so like sometimes you'll see historical romance everywhere and then other times it's like you can't find historical romance in a store you know you walk in and you see nothing so it's very possible that that's what you're seeing it's cycling you know Yeah. um i think it is a like really kind of a backbone of the genre it's been for a long time but it's cyclical Uh, I guess I could see that. Yeah. Because um, it just depends on like what I see circulating. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So but kind of have, have something I mentioned earlier. Um, what kind of research was involved? And in, in how do you how did you like approach that? And what was like more fascinating things that you learned? I want to hear about it. So a lot of research, um, like every time I would go to write something, sometimes I'd be like, oh my, is this even a word back then? And then I have to Google like, is that even a word that they were using? And like my copy editor would catch a couple words. Um, and sometimes she would say, you know, this word was in use maybe in like 1858, but not 1838. And, you know, I would have to, you know, find a different word for it. Um, one of them I kept, though, was spot on. I was like, okay, I know it's not historically accurate, but it feels very like English to me. <laughs> so I kept spot on, I think twice in there. But it was a lot of research, a lot of fun research, but also um, a lot of technical research in the sense that, so I'm going to give you an example. So there's a timeline that I have to follow, right? So at one point, you know, this isn't a spoiler, but Emily gets in a carriage to go to the country house and she leaves at a certain time mid morning. And then at later, Zach goes to the same place, but on horseback. So then I have to research, well, how long does it take to go on horseback and how far and how fast does it take to go on a carriage? And then like, I'm like Googling the distance between where they would have started to where they would have gone and how long it would have taken because I don't want a trip that would have actually taken eight hours, only take an hour. And so there's like a lot of like, a lot of that, like planning all that to make sure that it all aligns. Um, and, you know, other things too, like they serve a chicken at one point, but they had to kill the chicken before they served it. So I'm Googling, how long does it take <laughs> to cut off a chicken's head and pluck it? You know, <laughs> like, like, I don't know these things. And <laughs> so you spend a lot of time researching just kind of like probably things readers wouldn't even notice, but, you know, things that you wouldn't even think of normally, especially in like a modern day romance. I don't have to research how fast a horse goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like if everybody's in a car, it is <laughs> the two two Yeah. cars in a carpool, whatever. Like, yeah, um, Right. that's such a good point. Yeah, just like traveling time and and being just it's part of being authentic and realistic, so that the reader doesn't have to like go through those hoops that you're already going through, right? Right. And so there's already a sense of modernity to it in the sense that I'm writing for a modern audience. So 
yes, I could make it even more historically accurate. I could make it even like the language even more. But there's also like, I'm also aware that like the people who are reading it are not people who are living in the 1800s, you know? (laughs) And so like, I want to keep some of the historical accuracy, but also make it readable to a modern audience. So that's how I looked at it. Yeah, I think I um I was like looking at uh you know Goodreads comments and stuff. I'm not saying that you should do that. I think actually the one <laughs> the one rule. I mean, I love your book and it got positive reviews. But I'm saying like I've heard other authors be like, don't read your reviews no matter what. Don't read your reviews. I've heard that too. I've been trying yeah, to say it. So that that's the only reason why I'm saying that. Other because otherwise <laughs> I've heard somebody um did point out uh they were like, oh she wrote um. 21st century characters for a 19th century setting and it was perfect and I was like oh my god that's how I feel too like because I could totally see you know just just from um Zach's kind of attitude and that's the one thing that was like at first I was like surprised like you know he would make comments like that so fast but then I'm like well obviously he's interested in her and then obviously he's grown up in you know uh poverty or the slums whatever you want to call it so he's not you know he wasn't necessarily raised proper it was like no you don't say that those things to a woman so it makes sense that he would just right. be like hey you know you can do it you know just if you're interested you can do it. <laughs> but in a more blunt way and i think he was just yeah. and plus he was like he's obviously super handsome all the women were pining after him so he had that confidence that like true you know, he felt like, oh, I could just, yeah, I'm going to go after her no matter what it's going to happen or, or I'm not going to give up or he finds it a challenge. So it's like those little things where you kind of like, you know, you see, well, how, you know, how would they have reacted back then? You know, what was really, obviously there were things that happened in private, right. That they had to keep hidden. So I guess it's totally believable that there'd be some fetishes and some dirty talk and some people that would just have to behind closed doors and and you know behind those back steps and things like that i've also like i've gotten on that bridgerton train so that's kind of like what helped me give the context yeah and things that i had to like i had to look up like oh a, a cravat what's a cravat like mm-hmm. what <laughs> and then when i looked up you know those things that gave me a better like understanding of it but right. yeah I, it just reminds me of the bridgerton and bridgerton is not uh shy on the spicy level so you know so obviously of course very not surprising that something like that would have happened or that that language yeah um would have happened you know and, and that makes me think so too like in that time period how so much like of a plot the lack of knowledge about sex could be you know, like, yeah, a lot of these characters, the reason that some of their uh, conflicts are coming about or their their concerns and things like that are is just miscommunication or misunderstanding because there's not, you know, it's got a and women are completely like in the dark until, mm-hmm. oh, uh, by the way, on your wedding night, this is going to be expected of you, you know, when they're sh- turned off and then all of a sudden they got to be like, OK, by the way this is going to happen, you know, and, and it just makes me think about that. Like, it's all like that sexuality part of it, that like openness part of it where, you know, Emily, she did not shy away from that at all because of her experiences. Um, But even she, it was really funny because she was trying to act proper. She was trying to like, even though she wasn't like phased, but she was like, wait, what would a governess do in this position? Like, wait, this isn't, this isn't right. Like, cause I'm thinking like if she were, on her own or didn't have so much at stake you know she wouldn't have been so like 
no, this isn't, I got to act proper. You know what I mean? So I, I, yeah, it's like things like that where you kind of like explore and, and, and um, I think there was like a really big class divide in knowledge about sex at the time too, in the sense that like the ton ladies and like the daughters of dukes and whatnot they really were kept like completely in the dark but then you had like an entire class of people who were not because they were sold into marriage or there were you know sex workers on the street or you know and so they were a lot more i think knowledgeable about kind of real life in some ways and so emily and zach kind of come from that background like at one point she was like how would a proper lady say this and she's like oh she wouldn't you know and so like (laughs) (laughs) there are just some ways and then too i think like so a lot of people even me included think that you're used to think that victorians were like super stuffy about sex and like in some ways they were especially women also like there uh, there are some really cool websites out there that have photography from victorian era and they are explicit about the yeah. things that even Victorians <laughs> were doing at the time. And so people are like, oh, you know, but like really, like they were a lot like us and like what we we're doing, including having like all sorts of toys and like that. So it's really interesting to kind of go on and see out there and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is not quite what I thought. Yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, society in general, um, you know, those like unspoken rules, right? But at the end of the day, it's like, because you look at, you know, these different time periods and these different regions and cultures and, and how they treat those subject matters. But then at the end of the day, it's like, it's all human nature, right? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, we, uh, what is it? Everybody's naked apes. Like we have these urges <laughs> and the skin, skin attracts eyes, you know, it's just, we can't help it. And it's, it's just a primal like most basic uh part of who we who we are i bet i could argue as mammals right like right is not just as humans it's like the animal kingdom whatever you know and so i think that's like so fascinating at the end of the day it's just no matter what um time period you're looking at no matter what like culture beliefs all that if something was there (laughs) something was there humans uh followed through and you know, not always, not always in a in a safe way, and it's just human nature, I think. And you know, it's fascinating to learn about it from like another um, time period and and a story yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely, I agree. So I'm gonna throw a two parter at you. Uh, okay. What were <laughs> what were the most challenging parts to write? What were the most enjoyable to write? Uh, most challenging was definitely getting the titles correct. So the the way you address someone was very complicated. Like there were different ways to say things and then different ways to write things. And then there was like, well, you would say this, but I mean, technically you would say this, but you wouldn't actually say this. And then um, some of a lot of the titles, like you say it by the the location rather than their actual last name. And so... It was really confusing figuring all of that out. There are a lot of really good resources out there, but there was one mistake. I let someone be a lady, <laughs> lady, um, all the way through until copy edits. And then I was like, oh, she's supposed to be a missus. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to notice or not, um, but I did. I thank God I caught it. Um, 
but so that was really different. I honestly, I, I'm, there might even have been something that slipped through because extremely complicated. And I can't say, you know, I relied heavily on outside sources to help me figure that out because I'm not an expert in that. Um, but yeah, that was the most difficult part. And then would you say the most fun part to write? Yeah. Um, I think like Emily's kind of capers were the most fun part. Like when she chases after the thief into the alley and, um, I don't know, like kind of having Emily act outside of the norm or just be herself. Like she kind of lets herself shine through her governess polish, uh, like lets her real self come through. I always thought those scenes were fun to write because... I don't know, like I secretly love like action adventure stuff. And so it was fun for me to have her do that. I know, because I could just picture her and then all of a sudden just <laughs> from Zach's perspective, he's like all of a sudden like a figure just like lands on top of him. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's Emily. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love like that. that, that is, <laughs> but she had a yeah, she had a she had to like maximize her uh skill set for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those parts no, are really fun, too. right? Because I got to show the true Emily and like the good parts of her because her true nature is not always perfect heroine in the sense that like she has kind of like a not great past too and she's not always done the right things either. She's kind of complicated, but she has a good heart. And so that was like a fun part to write because I got to show the good part of her true nature. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's part of what made me love her so much. It was like, I was kind of, at the end of it, I wanted her to, I wanted to like be her apprentice. I wanted her to teach me everything she knew. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to be able to catch a pit pocket. I, wanna, like, I was just going to say that. Like, yeah. yeah, when I wrote that, I was like, man, I wish I could do that. You know, yeah. or like, <laughs> I wish I had those skills. Can she be my exactly. teacher? Exactly. Exactly. I was just shadow her for like a week or whatever. <laughs> and it was so yeah. funny. And then, yeah. And then. Obviously, I was just like, oh, just their their romance, the the letters and the the courting, all of it was so cute and adorable. And yeah. I just, yeah, after I just love it when like it seems realistic and it seems like believable, and it's also not like, oh, that's not the whole thing, right? She's still like, you know, she's kind of got her eye on the prize, and she's just annoyingly distracted by this like very handsome man that's trying to be more than a friend, right? <laughs> like, she... right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and her, she she does her best. <laughs> she just wants to like, you know, survive in a comfortable like where she has money and meals and um and she doesn't trust right because she's like why would she after what she's yeah. gone through, and um he's just really trustworthy. I don't think she knows how to handle that. Yeah, and he's like the most patient person ever just to like be with her. He like he gives yeah. her so many like learning curves <laughs> like he gives her so many like benefits of the doubt where um you know he gives her opportunities to like not come up to like explain her crazy behavior because she definitely <laughs> she definitely has good reason like it's definitely explainable yeah. and justifiable but you know he he was the kind of guy who was just like well no like come on like what is you know right. I, i'm not phased and or <laughs> He 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 kind of like plays with her. He like goes along with it just to like, you know, caught, catch her right. Like he right. try yeah. to throw her off. That's what I loved about. Yeah. I think their dynamic was great and just so entertaining and and added to, you know, the parts where she had to figure out not only do her work for the dove but also you know try to keep her the two parts of her secret like her right. background hidden. Yeah, 
Yeah. Even though as a reader, I was like, well, shit's going to hit the fan. Like, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> how's it going to happen? And yeah. how is our, you know, perfect <laughs> German Shepherd boyfriend going to react? You know? <laughs> Yeah, I think he's really drawn to her because um, he's a detective constable and he loves those puzzles and piecing things together. And she's a puzzle that doesn't make sense. And so, <laughs> like, he loves that, like, trying to figure her out. And she's always like, don't try to stop trying to figure me out, you know? <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, why he, in part, is really drawn to her compared to other people who are very, like, on the surface. So she has a lot hidden for sure. Yeah, yeah, where she, she kind of lets those parts like slip out a little bit or yeah. well, she start I, I was going to say well, she started it. Like she <laughs> when she uh, you know, she taunted him and Right. She, she know, did start it. She did. She's yeah. impulsive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do you hope readers get out of this story? Uh, so I write for enjoyment so I know it's maybe not like a super deep answer but I really just want people to enjoy it and I want them to find joy in it and maybe laugh or like I just hope it brightens people's lives and they enjoy it or not their life but like their day or their moment you know escapism so that's what I want there's no like big message I just want people to enjoy it yeah I think sometimes it's like if you don't I mean, you definitely accomplished that, but it's like, yeah, if you don't try to get too deep, you could still, you know, make people think a little bit, make make people kind of like explore other things, things like that. So, yeah, don't sell yourself too short. Um, well, and I know this sounds like a little contradictory in some ways, but I think that romance is a pretty feminist genre at heart. And so inherent in romance, I think, is um, learning not all romance, but a lot of romance, learning what healthy relationships look like and focusing on like a woman's equal agency and a woman's pleasure instead of shaming it. And so even though that is not my intention, I think all of that is threaded throughout a lot of romances and mine included, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and so in a way that is like a deeper message that's absorbed by people along with hopefully just enjoying it and having a good time. Yeah, that was, I think that's part of what made art so um, enjoyable was because it was that mystery where, you know, she knew about these feelings. Emily knew about her body, knew about these feelings and, you know, trying to be modest or whatever, but Zach did too. And so she, right. that was like that for, you know, where he didn't make her feel ashamed of it. He was like, no, right. this is great. He was like, no, this is great. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and where it was, I loved it where, um, you know, she was just like, you know about that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. <thank you. laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So, <laughs> another two-parter what advice do you have for Emily what advice do you have for Zach so for Emily I guess I would say that she has to learn to trust her instincts even when that means trusting someone else because I think she does trust her instincts when it means to be wary of other people but for Zach I think she really puts him off for a long time because she doesn't trust him even though everything about him and her is telling her to trust him she doesn't so I guess I would tell her that and for Zach I would guess I would say I would say he has to be patient and I would say he has to think about how 
different his life is to hers because of his sex. I mean, the experiences he had as a man in Victorian England were very different his experiences. And so his view is going to be colored by those experiences as is her view. And so he might think something is obvious or like, well, she should just do this or whatever, but that hasn't been her experience. So I guess I would just tell him to be patient and aware of that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I mean, that's, that's solid uh, advice. Yeah. For anybody in that, in that time period. Right. Like, yeah. Even now. Like, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even now. Yeah. It's like, you know, I think I would hope that um, in this generation, this day and age, I think more, hopefully more men are, are, are being aware of it, but at the same time, I, you know, nobody, no matter what, nobody likes to be told what to think. Nobody likes to be told what, what their life isn't anything compared to what other people, you know what I mean? So I try to like, right. I try to do that. Cause I've got two little boys and I'm trying to like, okay, like, how am I going to approach this in the future? Like how to raise them to be like, you know, aware and just like acknowledge it and be respectful of the fact that they're growing up, you know, light hair, fair skinned, cis males, as far as I know at this point, anyway, right. like they're three and six, you know, it's like, like I'm not one thing at a time, you. right? <laughs> so one I have three little boys too. Okay. Okay. Are they yeah. also like the same age or? I have eight, five and three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, it's, yeah, it's something I get to think what you're about. saying about that. Like, how do I? raise them to be aware of that right definitely yeah just not even just as a gender but like as their skin color too it's just like right. well when when are you going to kind of like see an example where it's going to kind of click you know it's 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 weird it's it's tricky and i think as long you know the, at the very least we're aware of it right, right. <laughs> we're not yeah. totally like oblivious to it just like okay if you can wipe your butt uh, you know, you you might notice things like <laughs> that means you might be uh, more aware and and remember right. making more memories. <laughs> okay, so we kind of talked about this a little bit. What's next? Um, what can readers look forward to in the next installment? What or what can you talk about? Sure. So the next book is going to be Frankie's story. So you met her in this book. She's mentioned a couple times. We see her a couple times, and then at the end, the dove says she's going to write to her. Um, and so the next story is Frankie's story. And that is coming out February 4th, 2025. So a little over a year after this song comes out. And I'm really excited about that one. I already have written it. Um, it's in my editor's inbox. And she, you know, I still have to do and all that. It's like still pretty far away, you know, like a year away. So I'm really excited about her story. She is the love interest in that is Jasper Jones, who is, he owns uh, a gambling hell, but he was raised on the wharf as a fisherman's son. And I actually based him on a real life person at the time. His name is Crockford, who was raised on the wharf. And it was like extraordinary, his rise to the top of becoming this huge gambling hell owner at the time. So I thought that was such a cool like story. So that's what that book is about. And I'm really excited for that to, to come out. <laughs> Yeah, that does sound really cool. And I love that you um you base him off of like a real person. Cause again, it's like random person's story to tell that maybe we don't learn about in like traditional education, right? Like that's so cool. Right. 
And Frankie yeah. is um, a mathematician. So I know that I love was... that. <laughs> she's so smart. She's like way smarter than I am. Like I am not <laughs> very inclined. And so I definitely like in this book, she figures out or and uh, never blow a kiss. She does some probability I was like texting every engineer I knew. I was like, how does this work? Like, because I'm the just formulas. Not... Can you just do it for me? Like, <laughs> like, how does probability work again? I know I went to school, but I don't remember. Um, yes. Yeah, so she's like really smart with math, which I love, um, you know, because there are so many women who are really good at math. Um, yeah. And I, you know, like I, I'm not like particularly great at it myself, but so many people are. Um, and so I love having that represented because I don't think it always is. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I was always good at math, but I think I just like, no, because I just, I remember like, you know, being tested for it and going to like a camp for it. So I'm like right there with you. That's I think like why I like Frankie so much because I was like, like math girl, you know, math nerd, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I guess it just depends. Like it didn't, it didn't excite me. Right. So I didn't pursue it. I think right. that, you know, that's a big part of it. But who, you know, if I was like encouraged, you know, like that, you know, like you never know, because maybe they're just like, oh, she's she's smart, but maybe she doesn't have to do it if she doesn't want to. Like, <laughs> right. And it doesn't you even know? have to be like direct discouragement. It can just be in the way that like the classes are structured or like the faces that you see in the classes and like all these like subtle things that are being told to people, you know, exactly. Um, Exactly. That's all part of it. Like, oh, if you feel, yeah, like if you walked, if you're a math whiz and full of men versus a classroom mixed, you know, yeah, it totally changed like your right. approach to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And my other book coming out in September um, is the other thing that I had coming out. So yeah, your, the par your paranormal one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. So sorry. You want to talk about that a little bit without? Yeah. So I'm know, from getting in trouble. <laughs> I'm from Maine originally, so I said it in Maine um, because I thought, you know, like I love Maine and like I said, on an apple farm and it's very different. It takes place in modern day and it's a paranormal ghost hunter guy who has a successful TV show uh, wants to go to this apple farm because he hears that there's like some strange things going on there more than just a ghost. Like if there's something else paranormal, he is going to prove it on his TV show. And the girl, Holly, she lets him only because her farm is failing. And this is like her last shot at keeping it open. But she has secrets that she needs to keep hidden from him. And his literal job is to expose those secrets. <laughs> um, so that is coming out in September. So it's very different, but also like a romance with a little bit of a mystery. And so similar in that way. Yeah, and I could see a lot of par parallels to be like, well, it, I'm going to find this out. And she's like, no, you won't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will support you at every turn. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so cute. Um, Lindsay Lovis, Never Blow a Kiss. Um, that comes out on January 23rd. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Like Thank I said, so I recommend it to anybody who's into historical romance, women's fiction. I feel like you know, there, there's a little bit of, of that, a little bit of all those elements for any readers who who particularly are drawn to those genres, but I can't recommend it enough. Super entertaining, super cute, and definitely a page turner for sure. And, and you know what, like you feel it, you know, in a year when, when, when you're working on your next book, even though it's way too long, um, feel, feel free to come back and, you know, we could talk about that some more too. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, this was really a lot of fun. Thank you. 
And there you go. That was Lindsay Lovis talking about Never Blow a Kiss. That comes out on January 23rd. Check out the show notes for where you can find her on social media and online and where you could buy the book. I do recommend that you pre-order it. Pre-ordering really does help the authors out. And plus, this is just such a fantastic book. And please, while you're on social media, do uh, follow Cantina Book Club online. If you're ever looking for a book recommendation, visit the website. And of course, thank you all so much for listening.